back to One Groove Low from the Unknown Golf Studios and offices alongside J-Dub. Morning. D-May. Hello, hello. I'm Bo Mattingly. We've got a special guest today. We're going to hop right in. The president of Dunlop Sports USA, Mike Powell, is with us. Mike, thanks for joining us. Morning. How are you doing? Doing great. D-May, you, you've been wanting to talk to Mike ever since you and J-Dub tested out some Stricks on irons, but we're gonna we're gonna cover that. We're gonna cover some changes in rules that that are timing with this this podcast that we're recording today on a golf ball rollback. And I want to hear some of uh, I know you want to hear some of what Mike likes to do when he's when he's playing golf. He's a user of unknown golf, which hopefully he knows that means he doesn't have to use a pencil, a scorecard, never has to do math, and now he's got GPS on there. Yeah, I, I figure that Mike has got enough with all the breaking news that's kind of been going on. He's got enough on his shoulders right now trying to figure out like things like golf ball rollback and distance and what club he needs to use now into number 14 and all that sort of thing that he certainly doesn't need uh, to be doing math during his golf round or trying to figure out um, if he owes somebody or most likely how much they owe him all that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think, um, I think he should be really loving unknown golf right now. Mike, how often do you get to play golf? Sometimes people in the golf game don't really get to play, yeah, especially no, in your I'm, position. Sure. Yeah. I try to make an effort to play as much as I can. Um, I, uh, I play typically, I play every weekend. I've got a bunch of guys I play with on Saturdays and my wife's a keen golfer. So I play with her on Sunday. So I play at least twice a week. You've been, um, You've been using unknown golf now for uh, you and your group has been have been using it for quite some time now. Yeah, I think we've been using it for I guess the best part of three years. Uh, fantastic product, uh, we really like it. It just makes you know really all those arguments after the round and sitting trying to reconcile scorecards and people doing last minute uh, pencil manipulations of their cards. Uh, it's all kind of gone away. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's it really, it's, it's a fantastic product. Just makes things so much easier. Well, we've got a, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to check it out. Um, Cause it's, it's very new that we've rolled out, but uh, GPS just launched. So you can, um, you can go in, you can uh, use GPS to check out, you know, how far to um, a, any, you know, a bunker or to the green or, or a hazard or something like that. You can use it to determine um, your approach shots in or whatever you need. It moves with you. So a pretty standard GPS. It's also got green maps, so you can use that to sort of get a feel for a uh, break and things like that. So that's all new. And, man, I can't wait to talk to you um, uh right up to the first of the year when you see some of the really cool things that are coming out for uh, advanced stats, uh, additional gaming, additional tracking, a whole bunch of things that are all launching at the first of the year. It's it's really crazy cool stuff. And if, if you've loved us for three years, you're going to love us even more. Oh, sounds exciting. I haven't had a chance to try the GPS yet, but uh, I just only haven't played with a group of guys that only play with that, that we use a, with a, that use the unknown golf app. So, uh, but if I'm playing with him on Saturday, so I'll be sure to try it out there. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, there's a few things I know that we want to talk about. Um, I, I like to talk about the how your product has improved my Venmo account from J-Dub 
Um, and and that's I'm using the same clubs here, so this might be an interesting discussion. <laughs> but um, I I feel like there's one topic that we I'd like to just start out with. It's kind of the uh, I want to say the elephant in the room, but it's really the elephant in the world right now. Yeah, it's the golf ball rollback, which nobody yeah. likes to hear about distance coming off their game, Mike. But it, it seems like that's that's where we're headed here. What do, what do you know about it so far as a as a manufacturer and somebody that's certainly on the inside of the golf world? What can you tell us? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's pretty much a done deal, right? The USJ made the announcement that it came out yesterday that the, um, the ball will be rolled back. It's going to be um, a new testing criteria that basically will reduce the distance at the elite level or the highest swing speeds by about 15 yards. Um, and it will be proportionately less as swing speed goes down. So for, you know, the average recreational kind of golfer, um, they expect the distance loss to be around about five yards. Um, and it'll start for elite level players in uh, 2028, in January 2028, from the way I understand it, and for uh, recreational players from January 2030. So you said maybe five yards off your ball. Uh, is that a drive? Is that every club? I mean, what what would an average golfer, well, you know, at some level, some of us aren't good enough to even know how far the ball goes. There's no consistency we, anyway. We love, to, we love to get our range finder out and just dial it up and we get nowhere close to it. But but what would be an average golfer uh, distance and, and per club or just driver? Well, I mean, I think it's a little bit difficult to tell right now because obviously the golf balls haven't been made yet and, uh, and, and we haven't got real data that shows. But, you know, from the testing, um, from the, uh, the information that we've received from the USGA, it's all relative to clubbing speed. So what will happen is, you know, obviously your clubbing speed is fastest with a driver and it's slower with your irons just because of the length of the golf club. So um, your longest, you know, if the for the tour level player or for the elite athletes, those guys will be losing like somewhere in the region of 15 odd yards at the maximum speed with their fastest swing club in the bag. And that will get less and less as the, as the clubs get short or the speed goes down. And then for the amateur golfer, you know, if the, if the starting point is five yards, you know, by the time you get to a wedge or an iron, it's going to be pretty negligible. So will you be marking those balls in a certain way, or can I just go out and buy all your inventory of your, extra long golf balls right now and then nobody will know the difference when i'm playing in a few years uh, no they will be marked differently so even today like all golf balls have unique markings on them to you know even even if we change a model when we introduce a new model the side stamps or the logo the, the uh, side stamp really on the golf ball has to be unique for every model for it to get approved and be on the conforming list ah so i can't so you, so can't you, would, be able, you would be able to you would be able to identify yeah but i mean the one thing, I guess, we would have to stop making the ball beginning of 2028, right? So there's going to be a two-year window where recreational golfers can use the, you know, could use either the conforming or non-conforming ball because both would be legal um, for that period. But I guess by the time you get to the end of 2029, unless you've bought hundreds and hundreds, well, you know, you're going to have to, um, you could use either, right, as long as you can get them. But if you want to conform with the rules from January 2030 onwards, you'd need to use a conforming ball. Mike, if, if I hear you correctly, I, I mean, part of what I understand that you're saying is that there's there's obviously the decision's been made, you know, the manufacturers are going to have to comply, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I think this is like any kind of hot topic in sports, period. It's really easy for 
the layperson, the amateur, to be an armchair quarterback in the NFL. It's it's easy to critique a college football coach's decisions. Um, when we talk about rolling back the golf ball from from the amateur perspective that most of us are, this is not really going to be an effect. And if it is an effect, we're to, to Bo's point, we're probably not even going to notice it, right? But we're going to talk about it a lot. Well, sure. it's yeah. I mean, you see, you you look at uh, uh, golf Twitter or you look at, you know, any of those uh, social avenues where people are talking golf. Um, certainly it's been hotly debated across golf channel and that sort of thing. And I can only imagine all the conversations or the things that Mike has been exposed to in his, lo- his role. Uh, everybody's talking about it because it's, it's different, you know, it's whatever. I will say this though. Um, people, have, uh, people aren't t- uh, debating as much about John Rom to live with uh, everybody talking about the golf ball. Right now. So maybe he's gotten a 12 hour break or something, you know, from all of that. Well, Mike, take us in the the weeds just a little bit here. We're going to geek out on this just briefly, but I think Justin made a good point that we're not, a lot of us aren't going to notice that much. I think the, the professionals, you know, elite golfers will, it'll obviously be such a precision game for them, more of an impact. But, but like what goes into, you know, how you're a golf ball manufacturer with Srixon. What goes into creating different types of, of, you know, soft feel, um, you know, the different things that we see in a golf ball. Yeah, I mean, I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, identify the best, um, you know, performance attributes for what a player wants out of a golf ball. So, you know, for lower swing speed players, if you can get the compression of the golf ball down, you can improve the launch angle and you can improve the spin rate so they get more distance overall. And um, and also the ball will feel better. You know, if you think about it, someone who swings a club at 130 miles an hour versus someone who swings a club at 100 miles an hour, the way they compress the golf ball will be different. So, you know, someone swinging a 100 compression golf ball, for want of a better number, um, who swings at 130 miles an hour, the golf ball will feel similar to someone who's swinging at 100 miles an hour with a 80 compression golf ball, for example. So that's one side of it. And then, you know, obviously that optimizing launch conditions being ball speed, launch angle, and spin rate optimizes distance. And then feel is important as well. Like on our, in our tour models, we have three different models. We have a C-Star Diamond, a C-Star, and a C-Star XB. And they all have a different kind of feel. Some are slightly firmer, some are a little bit more clicky, some are a little softer. So just depending on what the player, you know, feels, likes to feel around the green, particularly on the putter is a, is a big, is a key point. And then I guess the last point would be you know, the, the level of performance you want in and around the green, into and around the greens, you know. So elite level players typically like golf balls with urethane covers because you're able to create more spin and you can get the ball to stop faster and perform a bit better around the greens. But then you have, you know, recreational players that, you know, find a short game more challenging and they don't really want a ball that stops. They want a ball that goes forward because more often than not, they're leaving their chip short rather than hitting them wrong. So, you know, Ionima kind of golf balls might work better for those type of players who are trying to get the ball to roll out or, or for players who can't fly the ball as far and they want to pitch the ball short of the green and roll it onto the green. So those are all kind of the different, mm. uh, you know, different uh, things we consider when we make golf balls. Yeah. So to bottom line this, in your opinion, uh, and, and you would be the expert in this conversation that we're having with this group for sure. How do you think this rollback will impact the game? I don't think it'll, you know, I think for the average golfer, you know, for the vast majority of golfers, the difference is not going to be extremely noticeable. Um, you know, I think the people are going to notice the, the the rollback the most would be the elite level, you know, the professionals, obviously, and then the elite, elite level amateurs. So, you know, and 
I guess you know you play where I I played out here in um, Southern California where the where, you know in the in the mornings it can be a little bit cold and damp and the ball doesn't go anywhere and in the afternoons it's hot and sunny and the ball goes fast so, yeah you adjust to it so fast it doesn't you know it's just it's, a, it's just part of playing the game we're just playing in you know in, in the desert one week you, you watch the tour guys they're playing in the desert one week and then they're playing in San Francisco or Pebble Beach the next week and the, the way the distance the ball goes is so different but. I think the the elite level players will adjust real fast. Um, I don't think it's going to make you know uh, that much difference to the recreational golfers in terms of just the overall distance they they see. I think it's more of a perception thing, and you know, like obviously, no one wants to perceive they're hitting the ball shorter, and nobody wants to you know everyone wants to hit the ball further. They don't want to hit it shorter. Um, but you know, the reality of it is, it is what it is. It's been the decision's been made, and we'll conform with those rules, and we'll make the best possible golf ball and. You know, it'll everyone will push the envelope until such a point when the golf ball's going further again, and you know maybe the USGL have to make another revise that, that standard again. But um, you know, I don't think it's going to have a real negative impact on the game. The game is is in a good place, and um, I think um, there's so many more aspects to golf than just purely playing the game. You know, playing the game is great, but it's the camaraderie, the social aspect of it, the being at the club with your friends. You know, there's there's a lot more to golf than just um, how far you hit your driver. Although hitting your driver far is pretty important. Well, I'm already prepared to start blaming um, my shorter drives on the rollback, like next Before week. Before it even comes out. Uh, so it's already, <laughs> I've already, thought of it. yeah, just the thought of it, I've already lost are, some yardage. Are, are you going to, um, are you going to, are you going to protest at the pro show? <laughs> like okay, yeah. I'm, that's right. I'm going to, I'm going to hold up a sign. Um, what do you, uh, what do you think about, um, where they netted out, and I, and this is from two sides because I think you have a very unique perspective to look at it from a cost manufacturing side, and from you're an you're a player, and you're you're a good player, you're a, you're an accomplished player. So uh, th- they had the the alternative they th- considered. Uh, I think they call it bifurcation, where we where you could have had two different scenarios, kind of like aluminum bats in college and wooden bats in the professional leagues, or things like that. Um, how do you feel about from both sides about that could have been a different option? Yeah, I think I think it, the the decision they made, in my opinion, anyway, is the right one. I think that having two sets of rules, I, you know, I don't like it. I think that one of the great things about golf is that you can play the same golf course as the best players in the world with the same equipment, and you know, I think that that's a, a big part of the appeal of the game. And um, I, I. I I think having um, I think having one set of rules for everyone, and you know, again, if the if this works out the way that that the USGA, you know, have um, have uh, d- done their research, you know, the impact, you know, the impact will be most you know, biggest on the people where they want to try and roll the distance back. That you know, because I guess my concern always was that making a rule um, because of the 0.1 percent of the athletes that are hitting the ball 300 yards. Um, that affects every one of every golfer in the world seems to be um, you know a bit extreme, but but I do understand where they're coming from, and I think that the way they've they've in, the the way they've done the testing and the 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 the, um, the reality of that the recreational golf is going to really see much less distance impact than the professional athletes, I think is kind of achieved what they what they set out to do. See, and I think that's incredibly key because if I just if I talk about this topic before having uh, access to this kind of information, I'm thinking about man, you know, not for me, but for like a lot of 
of new beginners, you know, entering into the game or, you know, are we going to run people off because it's going to be less fun because you, you're not going to. What people are saying right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think with this, it's, you know, uh, seek first to understand it, to then be understood. I think if you understand this piece, like that's absolutely not going to be the case. And and back to what Mike said a while ago, you know, we had a conversation with an elite amateur earlier in the week. And one of the comments that he made, we weren't even talking about golf ball, but one of the, or this topic, but one of the comments he made was, is he, he feels like that anything that's eight iron and below is hitting a wedge. So to Mike's point, it doesn't matter whether they're playing in a different climate, different weather, whatever. They're so good that they can adapt to something different. So so they'll be able to do that, and that's what they'll do. But as amateurs, this is going to be a negligible effect. Back to what Bo said a while ago. Half the time, you know, if we're trying to hit something 95 yards, we hit it 90 anyway or 85. So we're probably not going to know anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree completely. And I think also, like, even like if I look at myself, I'm a better than average player. But I mean, my distance is <laughs> my distances are really pretty inconsistent, right? I mean, I like to think I <laughs> I like to face off my yardage and look at my use my laser and whatever. But really, I don't. You know, the the conditions that the, the my ball striking is not that good. That I'm hitting the ball the precise distance every time, and and then the conditions are so different, especially if you play anywhere where there's a bit of wind or coastal, you know, influence and that type of thing. It's a, a you know, altitude, but all of those things make a huge difference. Well, now you'll be able to use your unknown golf GPS uh, along with that range finder. So it's going to get, help you just dial everything in that much more precisely. Um, I would expect your game to start dropping even another couple shots or so just because of that. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you could just work on hitting it in the center of the club a little more often, that's all. Uh, what that actually brings up one other question I wanted to ask. Um, okay. Um, I, I mentioned this earlier and I know we're going to talk about it a little bit more about your club and your technology. And I do want to, I want to go to that, but um, isn't it just inevitable then you mentioned the guys will continue to hit it longer and, and things will evolve. So isn't it just inevitable that you've got both sides of your business? We actually have a lot of parts of your business, but on the golf side, you have golf ball and you have golf club. So Aren't you just going to continue the amazing work and innovation that you guys have in your golf club technology to find uh, ways to take this new ball and hit it further with the performance of the club? So aren't we probably going to eventually just net right back out to where we are today? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, number one, the you know, number, I think the biggest thing is the athlete for a start. You know, the athlete is so much more. You, you look at the professional golfer today; it's so much bigger, so much stronger, so much more athletic, so much more well trained than they were. You know, when I grew up. So you know, I'm that's none of those. That's, that's, <laughs> that's you know, that's improving all the time. But but you know, then our job as a manufacturer to 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 find ways to make golf clubs that go further, go straighter, that are, that are easier to hit, that are that make the game more enjoyable for people, so that they want to get out there and, and play more golf. You know, so you know, obviously we work within what uh, what the the you know the, the set of parameters or the rules that the USGA define. And, um, but you know, our engineers are constantly pushing the envelope to try to find ways to make our golf clubs better, create a, you know, give, our, give golfers a you know a product that is more fun to play with and easier to use. What a great interview with Mike Powell, president of Dunlop Sports USA, and and obviously Strix on a part of that. That's just part one of our conversation. That's such a great conversation, D-May. 
with Mike. We split it into two episodes and and that'll be a, the rest of it will be in the next episode. How awesome is it to just kind of hear firsthand? It changed my thinking in uh, in a few ways about this golf ball rollback because I was probably prepared to be the naysayer. Um, I'm still prepared to be the excuse maker. I still think yeah. it's already <laughs> affecting my distance today, even though we're a few years away. But um, it was really, it was really interesting stuff to hear from his perspective and what it means, um, and um, you know, kind of from that equipment side. Yeah, it's always great to just get more insight and knowledge before we we make decisions, which we don't always do. We're moving fast, and part of what we do everyday golfers talking about everyday golf stuff and. It was also cool to to know that he uses uh, unknown golf, um, and, and really just an honor to talk to somebody at that level in, in the golf world, and and certainly has the insights we were looking for. So we're going to wrap this episode up, but in the next episode, you get more of Mike Powell, and you get a lot more about his thoughts on using unknown golf and all he does. Pretty interesting compelling stuff. And we introduce him a bit more to some of the cool things that are coming out. GPS, which is out green maps, which are out advanced stat, uh, keeping, and then a whole bunch more, uh, coming around new games. Pretty cool. So until next time for J dub and D may from the unknown golf studios, look it up. If you're unfamiliar with unknown golf, unknowngolf.com. We'll see you next time on one groove low until then. Keep it in the fairway. And don't ever forget where the press button is. For Justin, challenge accepted.